Welcome to the Signal Line Remote Viewing Podcast, a podcast owned and run by Daz Smith from RemoteViewed.com, the resource for everything remote viewing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing remote viewing related interviews, views, news, resources, and much more. Hi, and welcome to The Signal Line. Today's podcast was recorded on Friday 4th of March 2022. Our guest presenter was Oz Sevilla, and Oz is a hypnotist, mentalist, futurist, and certified HRVG instructor. He's also certified in InnerVision, uh, and he's a professional remote viewer and a forecaster. Oz offers training in the HRVG remote viewing methodology, and he also offers courses on how to establish an effective communication with our subconscious minds and how to apply it to our personal and professional lives. I hope you enjoyed the show. Take care. So, yeah, so tonight mm-hmm. we got Oz here. Uh, Oz, I think it's Sevilla, is that the right way to say it? Sevilla, yeah. Yes, hypnotist, mentalist, futurist, and a certified HRV instructor, uh, HRVG. He's going to give you a presentation now, so... Yeah, let's take it away. And um, thanks for coming along, Oz. It's going to be interesting. No, my pleasure. Thank you, Daz. Thank you, everyone, for coming. It's nice to see you. Um, I haven't done a presentation in a long time, so bear with me. I'm going to try to make it as entertaining as possible. And what I decided to talk about today is about the subconscious. But before I go with that, I want to have a disclaimer. Give me a second here. There you go. Okay. So just a little disclaimer, uh, the presentation you're about to watch is for information purposes only. The theories and techniques discussed in it are the result of my experience with hypnosis and thus of conscious mind for more than 30 years. I make no claim to be an expert in the research of remote viewing, nor I claim to know everything there is to know about it. We're all students in this field and I'm sharing the solutions I found to the quote unquote obstacles I've encountered along this exciting journey. The solutions I am presenting have worked for me and it is my wish that they work for you too and that through them you are able to see a positive impact in your sessions, your remote viewing accuracy and in your daily life. So, Subconscious communication. Why is it important in remote viewing and in daily life? Or the, mostly the, what we're going to talk about here is simple ways to get rid of the critical factor that your conscious, so your conscious mind doesn't interfere. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Oz. I'm a hypnotist, a mentalist, a futurist, a certified HRVG instructor, certified inner vision instructor, that side without eyes, professional remote viewer and a forecaster, and I am the co-founder of the Ascension Center for Higher Consciousness and of Probable Futures Consulting. Um, this that I'm going to show you is just a clip of a project I had a few years ago, but this will explain more or less uh, my career in, as a stage hypnotist. I consider myself a lucky guy. For almost 30 years, I was able to do what I loved for a living. I got to live a life that many can only dream of. Being on stage, entertaining, 
traveling. Beginning on the smallest of stages at local bars and nightclubs to performing sold-out shows on theaters and arenas in 14 countries. But that is only half of the story. And I want to share all of it with you. So after I retired from stage hypnosis, I got trained in hypnotherapy. And as I did that, I learned how to engage with my own subconscious. When I was doing shows, what I did was engaging with, you know, everybody else's subconscious, but I was not aware of how I could interact with my own subconscious. So when I uh, trained in hypnotherapy, I learned how to engage with my own subconscious and I created um, trainings that I uh, was offering you know, before the pandemic hit and everything, to sales teams, corporations. And these are some of the trainings I had. Uh, the mindset training, which I believe is very important, body language in sales, parallel thinking, the four levels of details. This is very useful for remote viewing, in my opinion, because it's based on Walt Disney's Imagineering creative process and the level of detail that, that he used to have on, on his projects. And micro-expressions. The next clip is something that I just want you to look at it through the filter of remote viewing. It is uh, a three-minute video where I explain some performance enhancement programs I, I used to have. They talk about athletes and actors, but look at it through the filter of re at remote viewers, how important the communication with your subconscious mind can be. Whether you're competing in sports, performing on stage, giving a speech, or taking a test, Hypnosis can help you achieve your full potential. Join me for the next few minutes as I explain how you can benefit with the performance enhancement programs I offer and how they will give you the competitive advantage you have been looking for. Since the 1950s, when the Soviet Union employed hypnotherapists to help train their Olympic athletes, it was proved that mental training is as important as the physical one. No matter how hard an athlete practices to reach peak performance, an actor practices their lines, a singer rehearses their songs, or a musician practices to deliver every note perfectly, all of the hard work can be sabotaged by not having the appropriate mindset at the time of performing. Stress, anxiety, doubts, lack of confidence, personal issues, pressure from teammates, fear, and every negative thought can get in your way and prevent you from performing at optimal levels. What we believe about ourselves, what we tell ourselves, and what others tell us about ourselves has an impact on our subconscious mind. No matter if it's positive or negative, our subconscious will store that information, it will find things to confirm those thoughts, feelings, or ideas, and it will make sure to prove you right. So it is important to be aware of what we think, what we feel, and what our beliefs are. In other words, our mind can be programmed for success, but it can also be programmed for failure. And if you don't identify and address what is really holding you back, no matter how hard you train, practice, or rehearse, 
the moment you have to perform, those negative subconscious programs will take effect, manifesting themselves and preventing you from reaching your goals. All right. So when we learn to remove view, we not only learn to perceive things, regardless of whether they're located in time and space, we also learn how to communicate with our subconscious mind. And it is important for us that that communication is as fluent and as, uh, you know, pure, I want to call it, as possible. So is there a better way to communicate with it? So first, let's begin the difference between conscious and subconscious mind. So this is what we call the model of the mind. So of the 100% capacity of your mind, 5 to 10% is your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is logical, it's the short-term memory, that's where your willpower is, and it acts as a filter, which we call the critical factor. The rest of your mind, 90 to 95%, is your subconscious. Your subconscious is illogical, creative, emotional, protective, and that's where your beliefs are contained. And in this subconscious area, this is where remote viewing and intuition take place. So you see, our subconscious communicates with us in many ways. When we're in a session, it would do it through sights, sounds, temperatures, textures, emotions, uh, movement, etc. And our critical factor receives, decodes, interprets, translates, and delivers information in a language that we can understand. So as remote viewers, we're continuously communicating with our subconscious throughout a session. And at some point, we interpret the data it provided and we translate it into a language we can understand either by writing, sketching, or even making a clay model of what we consciously interpret as our conscious mind is communicating. But as we're receiving the data, our critical factor jumps in at every chance it gets. And he tries to do what he does best, which is make sense of what we're perceiving, labeling, finding answers, even if they're wrong, and of course, assumptions. So we train ourselves to keep the critical factor out of the way as much as possible, but no matter what methodology you practice, the protocols were designed in such a way as to keep your conscious mind busy and prevent it from interfering, thus contaminating the data. The problem is, in my opinion, that once we know the protocols by heart, we don't need to think about them, so we become unconsciously competent. That means that it becomes second nature to us. So that, in my opinion, gives our conscious mind a chance to intervene. So over time and with continuous practice, we learn to have more control of our conscious mind. Some of us meditate and quiet our minds before a session. Others like to listen to binaural beats, drum music, drone tracks, breathing exercises, and the list goes on. At the end, we all find a way that works for us. However, even after meditating for two hours, listening to binaural beats, breathing in a special pattern, or doing whatever it is we do, chances are that you're going to have your critical factor, your conscious mind, getting in the way at some point. So that got me thinking. 
if we can't win the fight the way we have been doing it, then why keep doing it? Why have that fight at all? If resisting its influence is futile, why not learn how to coexist and use the very thing that we are trying to prevent from interfering to work in our favor? Or simply put, is there a way to keep that critical factor, your conscious mind, so busy that it just can't interfere with our subconscious communication? The answer is yes. However, to communicate effectively with our subconscious, first we need to understand how our conscious mind processes information, but more importantly, how much information can our conscious mind handle at once. We know um, that is a limit, and that is the first key. How much information can our conscious mind handle at once? So, our conscious minds can only process seven plus minus two bits of information at once, okay? Um, this is called Miller's Law. So that means that it's five, seven, or nine bits of information per, per packet, let's call it. So I want to ask you right now, memorize this number. Try to memorize this as fast as you can. So how did you memorize it? I, I mean, we are remote viewers here, so chances are you went like 4619-7276-15. But normally, you would do this. You would pair them, 46, 19, 72, 76, 15, because then that would be five bits of units and not 10 bits of units. Now memorize this number. It's five bits if you do it like that. It's seven bits if you do it like that. What we try to do, and we do this unconsciously, is that we stack the information in such a way that it will make it easier for us to memorize it. So that it doesn't have to be so hard. So now memorize this number, or try to find your way to memorize this number. What will happen is very simple. If you try to memorize this number right now, this is what happens. Your mind just goes, no. <laughs> it will just say no. So the conscious mind is not able to process information, so it has to, to choose what to do. It will either try to solve the problem at hand, or it will simply quit trying. And most of the time, when, you, when the conscious mind is faced with a big problem or something too, too hard to process, it will simply quit trying. Now, the string of numbers in this case is too long to memorize, and there is no motivation to do it. Now, that is the second key. To communicate effectively with our subconscious, we need to do the following things with our conscious mind. We need to overload it, motivate it, and keep it busy. Now, this formula here is exactly what um, is used, let's say, on stage hypnosis. Um, I used to do shows and I used to get people in hypnosis in two seconds, three seconds, with instant inductions. And what they do is exactly that. You overload the conscious mind, you motivate it to do something, and once he's doing that something, you just keep it busy. So by overloading it, we remove the critical factor out of the way, okay? 
by motivating it, we give it something to do. And we need to keep it busy. Because the problem is, if we don't keep it busy, even for a second or a microsecond, it will immediately slip back in and then it will contaminate the data and, and, and the session will not work. But how are we going to do this? I'm going to tell you five ways you can make your conscious mind busy and they're not as hard as you might think. When I say this, when I say tell people that you can make your conscious mind so busy that it won't interfere with your subconscious communication, I wait two kind of reactions. This one, someone that is interested, and then I will get someone like this. And that's a problem because the first step in order to be able to come to communicate with your subconscious effectively is your mindset. You need to be in the right frame of mind because your frame of mind will either help you or work against you. It's your choice. So you have to remember that remote viewing is intention driven. Our subconscious is intention driven. And we need to keep our conscious mind busy to prevent it from interfering with that intention. So our subconscious will do what we tell it to do. And that is why communicating with it is very important for remote viewing. If you really think about it, we tell our subconscious to go get information on a target. We're telling it what to do, and it does what we tell it to do. And that's what is important to us. But if we don't need, if we don't keep the conscious mind busy, then no matter how long the session is, no matter how long we try, the data is not going to be good. So I'm going to give you five ways you can keep your conscious mind busy, and that can help you keeping it away during the session. One, controlled breathing. This seems like a no-brainer, but if you really try it during the session, controlled breathing, being aware of the breathing, being aware of the counting of the breathing, how you are breathing while you're doing a session will allow you to keep focused in two places at the same time. That's the way I feel it. You will be focused on the breathing, on what you're doing, on the reaction of your body, and you also are also going to be aware of what you're doing in the session. But unless you try it, what will happen is that you realize that you have this area where you are thinking and you have this area where the information is coming and it's just flowing. The second one is counting backwards from 1,000 to a zero or 100 to a zero, 300 to a zero. It doesn't matter. You can either do it out loud or you can do it on inside your mind. What this does is the same thing. Counting requires a lot of attention, mostly if you're counting um, backwards. So when you're counting backwards, you're forcing your conscious mind to think. That allows you to give it, to open up, you know, a way for the subconscious to communicate. Working your sessions out loud, I found, and again, as I told you before we began, this is my own personal experience. When I'm working a session, if I'm doing it out loud, it allow it helps me to you know keep that conscious mind away because I'm focused on talking. Tapping fingers or feet, working and tapping your fingers or tapping your feet while you're doing a session, but being aware of it, not doing it automatically, like being aware maybe to a song or something. 
that would allow you to keep your conscious mind busy on what you're doing. Understand? Allow your subconscious mind to do that. And hearing the sound of frequencies in your mind, um, this one's kind of tricky, though. Um, if you have played a lot of frequencies in your, in, in, you know, to, for sessions or for relaxation or whatever, you might be able to remember the kind of the sound or the woo -woo 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 -woo. If you're able to do that and imagining it, you are forcing your conscious mind to, 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 to make that sound inside your head. And that will help you, um, you know, keep it out of the way in your, in your session. So try them out. I am always available to chat and answer any questions you might have. I don't go too much or too deep here, the presentation. I want to have a chance to answer any questions you might have. And thank you. And that's my email. If you want to reach out to me, I'm always more than happy to, to be with you. So thank you. And I'm here for any questions you might have, if I didn't confuse you too much. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for that. That was a great presentation. And I like the uh, the music as well. Made a nice change. <laughs> Thank you. So any of you guys got any questions you'd like to ask? Uh, Anita, yeah, your hand was up first if you want to go for that. All right. So how about um, something I do instead of keeping the conscious mind busy? Something I do which is incredibly effective is to simply make the conscious mind stop and go quiet so i do a mindfulness technique where i become aware of the parts of my brain which are focused and which are thinking something and i just replace those focused areas with white and blank and just relax them and it almost gives me a floating sensation sometimes it's almost like a partial out-of-body experience i find that has this effect that we're going for. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you have to, the way I see, uh, you know, remote viewing per se is a very, it's a very subjective experience, right? Uh, I don't believe people who have the same, two people who have the same experience. Um, the, the reason we meditate and we do some mindfulness is to quiet our minds. Um, what I see is that when we're working the session, uh, it's inevitable that, inevitable that the conscious mind will filter in. You know, let's let put it this way. When you're learning a, a, a methodology, when you're learning the protocols, you're new to it, you have to really think what you're doing, right? Uh, uh, I don't know anything about CRV or any other methodology, but I know, for example, that CRV has a lot of things you have to keep track on. Um, I believe that after you know, being proficient in it for a long time, it just becomes second nature. You don't even think about what you're doing. You do it fast. So that, at that point, at that point, when you are proficient in something like this, that's when you need to find ways to, you know, keep your mind busy because now you're just giving it a, a free pass to, to intervene. Um, whatever works for you, works for you. If it, if it makes you feel that separation between your conscious mind and subconscious mind and being in this floating state i think that's exactly uh, what 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 is what it is about um again we'll find a way that works for us right um what i'm explaining here is what has worked for me um what i come up with as a hypnotist 
and as a mentalist, because when, when you're a mentalist, there's a lot of mental tricks you have to use, and that allows you to keep your mind busy while your subconscious mind is doing other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that if you're doing that, it works for you. Yeah, why not? Nothing is written in stone, right? Excellent. Is that, is that okay, Anita? Does that answer your question, Philly? Yep. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> yeah, so there are different ways of dealing with yeah, well, you see, mind. Yeah, you see, there's a lot of things when, when you're dealing with, with the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, there's a lot of factors that you have to consider, right? Uh, things as simple as where you're from, your language, your environment, what do you do for a living? Uh, who's around you, the mood you're in the day you're doing that specific uh, exercise. Did you sleep well? Did you eat well? Are you feeling, you know, are you not sick? Are you stressed? Do you have a fight with someone? Are you happy? Did you drink enough water? <laughs> are you hungry? So there's a pff, countless things that can interfere in that process. So yeah, we all find a way that works for us, right? Um, example, it has nothing to do with consciousness, but when I did shows, I, I learned that I could not eat anything before a show. So when I had a show, I didn't eat anything for that day. And that kept me on my toes. I, I learned that if I ate something, I felt super tired and I didn't want to do it. And my mind was just not engaging. So, yeah, I mean, we all find a way to work for us. Excellent. Thanks for that. The next one with the hand up is Don. Would you like to go ahead, Don? Okay. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, your five techniques here. Of the five, yeah. I guess I've heard of at least two of them. One is uh, doing your session out loud. That would be the classic monitor, working with a monitor situation. And mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. let's see, um, well, binaural beats, hearing the sound of frequencies in your mind, but you're not talking about listening to them on headphones. You're talking about no. imagining them? Yeah. In your mind, yeah, imagining, yeah, imagining them. Um, you want to engage your mind into actually thinking um, something. Um, for example, have you are you familiar with uh, with uh, Do you use binaural beats a lot or frequencies? Or is I that started with them when I took with John Vivanco, right? He was okay, like, so that was the. But the thing is. For me, after I used them for a while, they started putting me to sleep, and I yep. found that I didn't need them anymore. So um, exactly, you know. Yeah, do... I personally don't use them. I personally don't use them, but if I need to center, that way I see it. I try to 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 remember the sound of those binobits. If you started with John, I guess you you have the Atlantean ones, the Atlantean sounds, or or is it just pure? pure theta me being me i had to create my own i found the program to create binaural beats and uh, you know i did you know, an assortment of different frequency ranges and john was saying oh yeah you know seven is good for this and five is good for this so i played around with it and i had some fun with it and finally you know abandoned yeah it. yeah um the, you see i i believe um, and this, again, very personal idea. I believe that using frequencies to, 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 to work on a session, it can be good at first, 
but then you can create a psychological dependency on using those tracks to create to have the session. Um, but uh, here's what I really wanted to go after, Oz, and that mm -hmm. is this. Um, I've used controlled breathing for meditation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that can keep you energized. It can also keep you awake. But um, have you? are you actually suggesting that we sort of like rhythmically do a figure eight of breathing in and out and in and out kind of like as we're doing a session? Yes, but in, in, yes, yes. Um, for my case, for example, if when I'm doing a session, um, um, what I do is simple. It, it even has a name, but I can't remember how, it, how it's called. It's breathe five in, hold for five, breathe five out, hold for five. Easy. Mm. That's it. Instead of, not the square four, 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 just five. Count five, hold five, down five, hold five. And that doesn't it seems, mess up your perceptions coming no, through at all? No, 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 on the contrary. Um, it is not something that you will do, in, and in two hours you will be able to notice a difference, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that you need to start doing. Yes, triangle breathing, someone put this, yeah. Um, someone needs to, 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 well, you're, okay. when you're working a target and you do this kind of breathing or anything that keeps the conscious mind on, on the side, you will realize that the information has a certain different taste, I want to call it. Um, again, you're, you're dealing with the subconscious and you're dealing with, in, with intuitive information, right? So you're saying you, you actually notice a different flavor of information. Yeah, that's if, the way I can describe it. Yeah. If yeah. I start using controlled breathing during a session. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. The idea is not to the point that you get so relaxed that, you know, you can start drifting away. It's just doing it in such a way that you're keeping your conscious mind busy, that you need to count, right? One, two, three, four, five, hold, one, and you're still working on the other side. Um, the best way I can describe it is if you if, if anyone here plays a piano, um, when you're struggling the piano, it's really hard to have your left hand do something and your right hand do another. But after enough practice, your left hand has a rhythm and your and your right hand has another. That's exactly the same. I would use that as an analogy. Mm, you're okay. keeping your conscious mind doing something and you have your subconscious mind providing you other stuff. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Thank you. No, thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Don. Uh, Pablo, you're, you're up next. Thank you. Just before going into my question, and I promise I won't be long because I can't speak too much <laughs> right now, but on, on what Oz was sharing and the questions I've heard, there's this, you know, known fact about the brain that it synchronizes, you know? There are even weapons that use light or sound to generate a, an adverse effect. And, you know, inspired by remote viewing and so on, I have here my kit to monitor my own brain waves. And what I have found out is bit controlled breathing, tapping with your feet or hands, uh, you know, uh, doing most of the exercise that us has, has shared, like, you know, imagine um, a specific sound frequency, which is easier for the rain, right? Your brain starts to sink in itself. Now, what's the difference between using an external sound or an external 
you know, thing like a metronome that, that many beginner musics use versus doing it yourself is that when you're a beginner, as I said, you're trying to figure everything out. Where's the instrument? Where's this? Have I set it up correctly? But when you get used to that, you don't need it. I'm not sure even if Jimmy's around here, but when he's doing the guitar, I'm sure that he, before he starts playing, he already has the tune in his hand at the right tempo. And he just goes to the hands and do it. But if you're trying to do it without an external source, that keeps your mind, you know, like, okay, I need to keep the, the frequency going on. And we may not realize that, but just thinking about it, the brain will try to synchronize, but we'll have to do a refresh every time. So that keeps it busy. And you can see it, if you st stop thinking about it, your brain waves will start to, to displace and not be the same. So anytime you return to that thought, it will continue to flow that way while you can do the other task. So that's something I just wanted to share. I've been trying to do yeah. a lot of, of you know, investigation okay. around, around that. But my actual question is, is, have you found out if with hypnosis regression, it helps out recover some of those data points or, or information that has been lost through the critical factor? You know, I'm, I don't know too much hmm. about hypnosis, but I heard people using that to retrieve information. Yeah, well, in terms of, you know, remote viewing and, and how we get information, what we're doing, I'm trying to put things into, into words, trying to explain it. Um, when you're, the best way I can say it is that is like this. When you're remote viewing, uh, you're receiving information and you are doing the best you can to report it through your hand by writing or sketching or doing whatever you're doing. It's kind of a paradox, right? Because you're the once you are writing it, there's a certain process that is converting that information into something that you can understand. That's why you're writing it, right? Um, that's why when you when you get a gestalt, if it looks like a rabbit and it jumps like a rabbit, it might not be a rabbit. Who knows what it is, right? That you might think that because that's your conscious mind telling you what it thinks it is. Um, so it's not about lost information because information is always there, right? Uh, depending on what theory you want to subscribe to. Uh, I think most of them or well, all of them agree or that all the information is there. All the information that is, will ever be, was, it is there. So there's no lost information. It's just that you couldn't tap into that information or that information couldn't get through. So by taking away the critical factor, basically what you're doing is engaging in an auto-hypnosis process, basically. So regression, you don't need it because why would you do a regression for remote viewing? It makes no sense. Information is out there. You just need to tap into it and bring it back, right? Uh, I hope that uh, helped that answer your question. Yeah, it makes a difference. So just curiosity out of this, in a, in a short statement, what is a hypnosis regression? Do you not have hypnotic regression? Yeah. What? In terms really of functionality or in terms of what yeah. it is? Like, oh, okay. So 
when you're doing a regression, what you're doing is accessing the information that is stored in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind stores everything, everything, right? Um, that is why, uh, for example, in, 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 in Limbo Canon Sakitoscope, for example, I, I love that app because you just get a flash and then you retrieve that information. So you're forcing your mind to access the subconscious to get that information. Um, when you do a regression in a therapy environment, right, uh, what you're doing is leading the client into a hypnotic state, being calm, and opening up the subconscious to deal with, you know, whatever situation they're dealing with. And you engage in a communication from the past in the subconscious, right, at a certain event. It's very specific. You're looking for very specific information. Um, but, you're yes, you're dealing with memories that might be suppressed, might be blocked. Got it. Thank you very much, Jose. No, thank you. Excellent, guys. Uh, before we move on to Paul, I've got some questions in the chat window. Yeah. Henny asked, uh, would recreating any music in your mind work, or is it just binaural tones? Any music. Any music. Um, the, reason, the reason I said binaural beats is because, in my opinion, again, we all find a way that works for us, right? Um, thinking about music can interfere with the flavor <laughs> of the session, right? If you're listening to, you know, mellow romantic music, you might get you in that mellow state. If you're listening to heavy metal, you get super aggressive. So if that's what gets you going, yeah, sure, why not? Um, again, if, if, if I had uh, many years ago, I met uh, another hypnotist from the UK, can't remember his name right now, and my inductions were always with this, you know, instrumental music and so, so you know, mellow and calm. And this guy was doing hypnotizing people with a song from Muse, which is super loud. And so, yeah, it worked for him. So I think it's all it all depends on how it makes you feel and how your subconscious reacts to it. If there's if there's no emotional charge to that song in particular, I don't see any problem with it. Excellent. Thanks for that. Uh, and next with their hand up was Paul, Paul Cosby. Mm -hmm. uh, Oz, uh, thank you for your presentation. I found it fascinating. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> I, I had a, a comment and I had a question. Um, yeah, sure. The comment's kind of lengthy, I guess. Um, the, uh, the I think most traditional remote viewing training tells you to try to quiet your left brain, the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the monkey brain. Um, and you're proposing a different concept, which is to keep it active in some kind of mindless activity. Uh, that's You know, I have noticed that if I'm ever stressed out, that if I just pull up a computer game of Mahjong and I play that, that I all of a sudden start getting all kinds of right brain insights because Mahjong is, is pretty mindless. There's, there aren't that many times that there's a lot of thinking required to playing the game. I can do the same thing with a jigsaw puzzle too. Um, and um, I've noticed that some, some viewers will have headphones on and listen to music or uh, have various activities going on, which <clears throat> don't really require any focus, but keep their left brain busy. 
Um, that, that also fits into exactly the meditation concept known as Simran, uh, or repetition, and where you have a mantra that's given to you that you repeat endlessly, and it sort of keeps the left brain occupied uh, so that the right brain intuitions uh, of whatever sort that they are come through. And now you've given some new concepts, which is uh, uh, the uh, talking out loud and and uh, and um, so forth that that can keep the left brain busy while you're remote viewing, so that your right brain can can be in command. I really appreciate that, and I'm going to work on that. Okay. That was my comment. Okay. The Thank question you. I had, the question I had was, are you finding that when you do this, that you are breathing or tapping your finger or, or whatever you're doing to keep the left brain, that you have fewer analytic overlays that, you know, they have a cleaner signal? Yeah, the best, okay. Um, the best way I can describe it is like this. The information that is coming through feels it feels green and blue it feels it feels like if you don't have your your, your left brain if you, you don't have the critical factor bc and you get the perception of a structure that has the shape you know like a pyramid let's say right that's that that was that I just talked so if you don't have that left brain completely busy, the moment you, maybe not when you see it or when you perceive it, when you report it, you might think right away pyramid or mountain or whatever you're thinking, even if you don't, you don't put it there. The simple fact that you are thinking it looks like that, that's your conscious mind um, trying to intervene. What I find, or what I found, is that when I'm, uh, personally, I talk out loud my sessions, or I hum, or I breathe. Those are the three things I do the most. Uh, very rarely, uh, <laughs> this will sound bad, I play with my balls, these ones. <laughs> and, uh, but this is the thing. Uh, this, playing with this kind of, with these kind of things, it's, really helpful because it's hard to keep this if this is not something you do every time all the time it's very hard to 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 handle them and you know churn them and you're really aware for them to not fall um so what i've noticed is that the information i get is clearer i want to say it's brighter louder um smellier um it has more life to it like I said, it has a different taste, a different color to it, a different essence to it. Um, it feels like it's more... It feels like instead of having a 56K modem, suddenly I jumped to T1, which that was like, uh, <laughs> yes, thank you, pristine, untainted. Yes, exactly. It, there, there's no interference with it or it looks clear, yeah. Yeah, pristine. Pristine's the sound. Yes, Paolo, thank you. Yes. Does that answer your question, Paul? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't consider the concept of a clearer signal. 
I, I was just more concerned about uh, analytic overlay. Uh, so this really, that's really fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for that, Paul. Uh, and Sasha, you had your hand up next. Hi there. I'm just Hi. wondering, um, wouldn't breathing, tapping, making sounds, wouldn't all of that quickly become automated? Once it's automated, then it falls under the domain of your subconscious monitoring and generation. So then at that point, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not really keeping the conscious mind busy anymore. Instead, it's just going to steal the resources from your subconscious that you're trying to keep on target and on task. So I'm wondering, is it more about getting, are these just ways of getting yourself in a trance state? And it's the trance state maybe that's more conducive to successful remote viewing rather than this idea of keeping the conscious mind occupied because as soon as it becomes an automated task and our brain does that very quickly and very efficiently. Um, then, then it's not it's not keeping the conscious mind busy anymore. Because when I look at the experience here of the years, like Daz, let's say, if I if I watch some of your videos where you where you show yourself doing it. The, the process of the CRV, the grids, the, the whole structure of it, you're not, those are now automatic to you. So it's not that your conscious mind has to be like, okay, what's the next step, <laughs> right? It's all automatic. It's your subconscious knows what the next step is and you just flow right into it and through it. So I don't think that that would be distracting the conscious or the analytical mind. So I'm wondering, do these things help in the beginning when you're just learning and it does take conscious effort and then your mind just learns the appropriate mindset for remote viewing and these things are just tools that 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 trigger the brain to say oh right we're doing this task and i need to be in this per particular state because i remember one of the mm -hmm. conferences joe mcmonagle was saying he doesn't bother with binaural beats or any of that kind of thing anymore because he found it just it didn't really make a difference for him mm -hmm. because he he kind of knows how to get into the right brain state without all the other games and ornamentation. So I was just wondering if that was something to think about. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea behind keeping the, the, the conscious mind, that critical factor busy to the point that it, you know, it has to keep engaged in what you're doing is to give it things that are not easy to do. Like no matter how many times you do it, if you start counting from 1000 to a zero when you're doing the session, if you if you even try it, like try it, <laughs> try to count out loud while you're doing a session without stopping. The secret is don't stop. It's not like you say 1,999 and then you stop because you're working and remember and, and go back. No, like you don't stop. You have to continue. You don't stop. Um, it's a very complicated thing to do. However, you're right. There can be things that you again you can become unconsciously competent right so you do it so much that it just becomes second nature if you reach that point then you need to find something else that will keep your mind uh busy if that is your problem right because again the, i'm talking by personal experience and i'm pretty sure that someone like that like joe someone like daz or someone like whoever has uh, more years in this, you learn you learn about yourself. This is something very important about remote viewing that no one ever talk, talks about. And it's remote viewing is not just, you know, the go gather information and bring it here. In order for you to become a good remote viewer, you need to get to know yourself and really dig deep in how your subconscious mind works. If you don't do that, 
then you're missing out on a lot of cool stuff you can do. So yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that once you get, once you know how your subconscious mind works, how it communicates with you, all of these tools, like you call them, become irrelevant at some point. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for that, Sasha. Um, I'll just read a couple of the other questions before we move next to Pablo again. Uh, Note Troll asked, could you elaborate on what you mean by the motivation step? Yeah. Um, I, let me, I'll, I'll share the, the screen again just to 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 make it um where is it here okay let me present this okay so when i say motivation this is what i mean if i tell you right now to memorize this string of numbers and there's no context to it you know there's no motivation to it no matter how, how hard you try, you might, I mean, if you have your own mnemonic techniques, you might, um, you know, memorize it, but there's no motivation behind it, right? Like, why would I, you know, memorize all this, this huge string of numbers? So the motivation part is the conscious minds, or our conscious mind would always, always look for answers always you give it something ask it something and it will try to come up with a solution that is why when you are doing a session if you perceive something that looks like a boat let's say your conscious mind says oh hey well boat right um looks it looks for information so the motivation here is just to keep it busy because it likes to be busy um even even if you're big having a lazy day and you don't want to do anything you don't want to think because you're tired your mind keeps keeps thinking right if it's not thinking about work it's thinking about the book you want to read or once it's thinking about a solution to a problem you found um, so the motivation is just keeping your mind busy because it likes to be busy it likes to be challenged it likes to work its logic it likes to work its willpower uh it likes to be critical of everything around it. That's just natural. So the motivation is, I want to be busy. So you tell it, here you go. Keep busy. Um, hope that answers your question. Uh, who was it? It was uh, no note troll. <laughs> I hope that answered your your, your question. No troll. Yeah, thanks for that. And Pablo, you you have your hand up in. Go next. Thank you. So just was thinking about what Sasha said. It's really, really an interesting question because I remember back at college, you know, whenever I tried not to get asleep in some of the early classes, I tried everything, you know, from eating to everything. And whenever I choose something that was, you know, like automatically in the body, like eating, no, I will eat everything without noticing and then fall asleep, right? But there are a set of specific tasks that you use a different part of the brain, like counting. Counting is just not like, you know, you can delegate it to, to the subconscious. It's, it's part of the left brain functions and it really consumes a lot of energy. So doing that or even humming a song 
you will see that someone that is, for example, if you're a builder, you will see that people are really concentrated, they're humming. But if they miss one note, they will stop and say, no, I did it wrong. They start all over again. So that's why it's important to find things that cannot be delegated to a different function. There are a few books out there that, that explore that, you know, in neuropsychology, which things are done by which part of the brain. And in case of brain damage, there are some things that can actually reroute it to different parts of the brain. But I found that really yeah. interesting because, you know, the only case I have found that people will, you know, like get really not something out of it is when you are not putting attention. That means you may be humming, maybe counting, but if you lose interest or motivation, then it will stop. So I think yeah. it's the same with um, RV. And one of the things is find or get someone that will give you challenging targets so that your mind or your subconscious is not bored. So that it's, it's have, it has more motivation and you can focus on what you can control, right? Just, just yeah. that. Oh yeah, thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, thank you, Paolo. Thank you there for that one. And next up is Anita. Would you like to go next? Um, the idea of counting backwards from 1000, that it's it being a very difficult task for the conscious mind to do, which reminds me of criminal interrogations where if a person has made up a sequence of events, which is a lie, and in an interrogation, they are told to recount it backwards, they cannot do it. They will always fail. Whereas if a person is being truthful, they will be able to talk through the steps in a backwards sequence. So it reminded me of that. Can you maybe elaborate yeah, um, on the, why this is difficult for why when something is true, it's something we know that did happen to us, a truthful story. We can even say it backwards. Is it then coming from the subconscious somehow? Well, no, what no, this this I think, in my opinion, what's going on here are two different two completely different things. Because what you are what you're saying is that if you ask someone to recount a series of events backwards, what you're doing is accessing memories. And here, uh, when you're counting backwards, you're using logic. Uh, you know, you know all the numbers, so it's memory too, in a way. What I think is more like logic. And if you go, and if I tell you, well, go backwards from a thousand, but go two numbers at once, or four numbers at once, that would require even more thought process or more thought energy that you'll have to 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 spend on on you know thinking that um i mean it's an interesting i've, I've never heard about that ever so it's, it's an interesting um it's an interesting thing that i never heard but it seems to me that it, it is just dealing with memories yes if i'm making stuff up i won't be able to you know remember it uh, backwards because I'm just creating stuff. But if I'm counting backwards, it's more like a logical process. Um, and I just said a thousand because that's what any number, I mean, just came, you could do it from 200 or 300 or whatever. Um, 
the conscious mind is something very, 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 very uh, moody, if I have to say. Like, right now, Anita, like, and everyone, if anyone wants to try it, um, close your eyes and count in your mind from 100 to a zero. Okay? But do it at my rhythm, 100, 99, 98, not just yet. When you're counting down, down mentally, I'm going to count out loud from 1 to 100. Don't stop counting. No matter what, don't stop counting backwards. Okay? Are we ready? Close your eyes. And everyone start counting from 100 now. 100, 99, 98, 97. You're doing great. 96, 95, 94. Good. 5, 6. Keep counting down. 7, 8. Keep counting down. 9, 10, 11, 12. Good. 13, 14, 15. Good. 16, 17, 20, 21. 22 and as you hear you can realize that your head feels heavier and heavier and your eyes become super heavy It's very hard to open them the harder you try the harder it is try to open your eyes is really hard try really hard and you can't open your eyes the more you try the more they close all of you you can open your eyes now there you go so <laughs> that's the overload you see your conscious mind just can't cope with it because you you know it's you start counting backwards that's not the natural progression right the moment the mind hears one two it says yes that's it so i have to go with that one so it wants to go the easy path that is why when i told you try to memorize all this string of numbers your mind's just shut off because it's the easiest way out that's what the conscious mind does so going back to the question about motivation the motivation is just give it something to do even if it's hard, it will try to solve it. Not that hard, because then it will shut off and it, will, it won't do its intended work. That's it. Excellent. Is that all right for you, Anita? Does that answer your question okay? Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, yeah. Great questions, guys. Uh, next up with our hand up is Kavam. Hey, hey, Daz. Can you hear Hi me? There. Yes. Hello, Kavan. How are you? Hey, hey, uh, Zia. Uh, it was a really amazing presentation. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I also have, uh, I, I also have a comment and a question, uh, a follow-up question on that. So basically, you know, uh, what you spoke of reminded me of uh, many interesting things. Uh, I would start with uh, the Bengston healing method, right? So where Bengston mm -hmm. comes up with, you know, the image cycling process. You know, he has like 20 different images where he consciously trains the mind of the people. And, you know, in the background, they set an intention to heal. And, you know, boom, like, you know, there's healing. But then they did uh, an EEG study of uh, the person who's healing and the healer. Apparently, they were, you know, showing, uh, you know, a, a sense, a kind of a resonant uh, tuning between the healer and the person who's being healed. Uh, at, at the Schumann resonance, that's 7.83 hertz. Now, let's say that's theta, right? So when you say, uh, I mean, you know, you spoke about different techniques of, uh, uh, of hypnosis, let's say these are tools that we can probably consciously use to engage the conscious mind. So even in the broad literature of hypnosis, 
you know, most of the people tend to get into this uh, phase, right? Like, it, like, you know, if you basically study the brain waves, it's basically at around seven hertz, like, you know, it's roughly around four to seven, it's theta. So are we saying that, you know, the, the different kinds of techniques that, 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 you know, you are speaking of here is essentially a way in which we are training our brain to get into the, let's say the theta bandwidth. Is it, I mean, mm -hmm. Because, you know, for me, I'm, I'm observing that as a more like uh, a fundamental resonance space that you can be. I mean, you can use, like, let's say, Bengston does the image cycling and, you know, we have evidence that, you know, he's getting in theta there and healing is happening. And then, you know, here you have, you know, this set of a process. And because, you know, the same thing happens with me as well. Like, you know, I also use these, you know, I, I count numbers backwards and that's how I get into a session because that's really, nice. really effective for me. Right. So I use this as well. So, uh, and, and that's when, you know, I think I'm observing that, you know, we are basically tapping into that theta bandwidth, right? So that was yeah. my comment. And then, you know, uh, leading on this comment, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, th the question was that, uh, now let's say uh, we are tapping into the theta bandwidth, roughly around seven hertz when we are doing, when we're doing remote viewing. This is essentially during the viewing session. But then have you tried to like enhance the, uh, the feedback that you get, let's say, which is distant in time, also with the hypnosis feedback? Like, have you, have you done something like this? Mm. Well, so what I hear you're doing, or what I hear you asking is uh, doing something like ARV, like yeah, going like I don't yeah. do I don't do ARV. I don't do ARV. I never look, I never go in the future and look at a feedback picture or ever. No, never. Um, I actually, I actually sometimes, um, well, now that you mentioned feedback, this is another part of the subconscious, right? Um, feedback, in my opinion, is it's something that remote viewers need to learn how to work without depending on getting feedback. Um, you know, work targets, trust your subconscious trust that the information you're getting is right because at, when we are learning don't get me wrong when we're learning we need we love to look at feedback right because it's exciting to see what we're doing i mean we're doing stuff that we're not supposed <laughs> to be doing right so when you're learning having feedback it's totally 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 useful but in my opinion it can become detrimental because then you're training your subconscious to work as long as you have the feedback. So what will happen the day you don't have the feedback? Your subconscious will get angry at you. It won't work anymore. It won't view. It won't want to view because it knows that you won't get the feedback. So that's kind of a crazy idea. But um, I, I, I believe that uh, every methodology um, gives different importance to 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 their feedback right in a, i don't do arv but in arv it is it is it's, it's, you don't have feedback you don't have arv right um so yeah i think i think it's just trust your subconscious right just trust that the information you're getting is the right information because just if you can remember the the whole model of the mind that's 90 to 95% of your whole mind capacity. So you are, we are really limitless beings when it comes to what we can do with our minds. It's just that we have been trained. We have had this filter 
that doesn't allow us to do more. So by getting that filter out of the way, in theory, or potentially, we can reach more, more, more uh, theta levels and um, get more information. And in my opinion, have a better accuracy level too. Okay. So trust it. Yeah, trust it. Just trust so, what you're getting. Okay. So, so you're saying that the the the, the trust factor is very essential in, in in building accuracy. Is that what you're also inferring? What I yeah, in part of it, part of it. Yes, I believe I believe. Um, okay. Sorry, I just let the message in the got distracted. Um, trust in yourself in what you're getting. I do believe it actually impacts your accuracy because the moment you have a little bit of doubt, no matter how small it is, um, you can have a doubt after you did the session. That's okay. Once you did the session, you can be all doubtful. The, all the doubts you want, you can have them. That's okay. While you are working on the session, you should trust and be confident and certain that what you're doing, what you're trying, what you know, what you are um, receiving is what your subconscious is giving you is useful. That is useful information. Um, I believe that what happens is that all of us, all of us, when we're doing remote viewing, uh, we go through this process, no matter how many years you've been doing this, of uh, imposter syndrome is called, right? where we are not, we don't believe that we are as good as we want to be or think we are, or, you know, and it's a very common in every, in every career, in every industry. By trusting your, your subconscious mind and showing it that you trust it, it becomes a feedback loop. So it will be the best way you can um, Congratulate your subconscious is by trusting it and being, you know, once you finish the session, you know, thank you for 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 the information and and that's it. So yeah, I imply that it can change accuracy, it can change the quality of the data, it can the amount of data. Um, I believe that remote viewing it's evolving, right? Uh, right now, there's thousands of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in the world. Uh, learning and doing remote viewing. Um, so there's going to be people that are going to come up with new techniques, new ideas. And I think we just need to be open to accepting them, try them out. If they don't work, they don't work. But if they work, let's let's just take them and, and make this a better a better skill for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. great. Thank you. Yeah, Did I answer your question after all that can, battle? Can I add something <laughs> to this question? Sorry, Don, just, just a few seconds and sorry for <laughs> interrupting. Can I add something? Uh, sure. Short question. Yep, go for it. Uh, so you talk about, um, about beliefs, about trusting mm -hmm. yourself. So let's say you have a hundred of sessions, you don't have feedback. Do you think you're... Uh, you're going to be better after 100 sessions? If you don't have feedback. Yes, of no course. No feedback at all. Oh, yes. yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I think, you see, I'll give you this example. I, uh, 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 when I was getting certified in inner vision, that's sight without eyes, um, one of the exercises was to get a pen 
and put it in the, in the desk. Just let it fall, close your eyes, and just go grab it, right? Trust that your hand will find the pen. If you trust yourself, you will find it every single time. If you doubt a little bit, there will be times when you won't find it. You will be right next to it, very close, or really far out. My point being, if you know you're, it's not getting cocky, like I know I'm good, I don't need feedback, right? Uh, the fact is that there will be times you do operational targets that target uh, feedback won't be available to you, no matter how much you want it. So you have experience, you know how close you've been to, to the target, you know you've had feedback before. So you know if, you're, if you are on target or not. And that's the thing when I say the subconscious is very interesting because if you learn how to communicate with your subconscious, you learn to know what it is telling you. I'm not on target, I'm on target, or maybe this is it, maybe this is not. And we don't know where the information is coming from. So <laughs> that's a lot of variables, right? Um, the, way I'm, the way I'm approaching remote viewing personally is I don't know where the information is coming from, but I do know that that information is coming through my subconscious. So because I can do anything from where it's coming from, I am certainly going to do everything I can to work with the instrument that is receiving that information so that that reception is as clear and as accurate as possible. That's my approach. Thanks, Oz. You're welcome. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> Thanks for that, Oz. I think I've told these guys here in the past, and I've definitely told Dimmy, who I've instructed for all that the the flashpoint for me in becoming good or competent at remote viewing was when I got to a stage where, uh, and it was like a light switch effect, where I just, for some reason, I just didn't, and I used the words, you know, so bear with me, I'm going to swear on this. I just didn't give a fuck anymore if I hit the target. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, whether I had feedback or not, didn't matter. It was, and it's, as, so I came from it as, and I came to the same conclusion as you, but from a different angle. And for me, it's just pure trust as well. You know, I just trust that everything that comes through is is accurate. I don't question it in, in, in any way. And it is having yeah. that trust that does. Yeah that totally. does do something to your ability i don't i can't put my finger on what it does but it does uh it does clarify that ability by not not giving a fuck anymore you know just just doing the job you're there to do yeah yeah like you see um joe mcmoneyville the one of his conferences once says you know it's intention attention expectation right um so you just expect it to be right <laughs> right that's it. You expect it to be right. You trust it's right. Absolutely. And yep. if it and if it's not, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not like you're dialing a phone number and you'll get the the, the correct, you know, the pristine thing all the time. Yeah. This is something that we're all figuring out. And Absolutely. this is what makes it exciting. Yeah. And another thing I've always said to people as well is the R V journey is learning more about you as a person internally yes. than it is about a method yeah. or anything external totally yeah totally oh yeah totally agree with that yeah no thank you uh don you've had your hand up for a while do you want to go with your question yeah i actually i wanted to just comment on uh what we've been talking about here because um Des, you have a a different take on what i think is yet another approach which I'm, i have been doing and that is 
I play a game where I think to myself, I guess this is a mental game, where I can't make a mistake. That my subconscious or the universe or whatever will not allow me to make a mistake. So um, I don't know whether I'm, you know, getting cocky here or whether this is just another slant on the same idea. What is your, what is your view on this? Sorry, um, my view on it is it's pretty similar to what I do. Really, is um, I don't go as extreme as that because um, you know I I don't make mistakes, but I do uh, miss misdirect myself sometimes with what I'm writing. Uh, but yeah, if it works for you, uh, go with that approach. Uh, I, you it's know, sort of like like perfect trust, you yes. know. Yes. The more I don't really you verbalize it to myself in that way, I literally just. I don't know, I can't explain it to you because it's, it's personal to me, but it was like that light switch moment I had where I just trusted myself complicitly. You know, everything I do, I just trust. And even when I'm doing my sketches, you know, you guys have seen plenty of my RV stuff. I just trust, I just let my hand do what it wants. I trust everything my hand wants to do when it's making those lines without question. And that's that's how I get pretty good sketches. It's not that I'm a good artist or drawer it's just i do i you know i trust in allowing it to do what it wants to do i can't explain how for you guys to 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 achieve that other than practice and, and belief in yourself i guess which well, is what you're trying to do you're trying to instill this belief in 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 the information you're getting well uh, a lot of it is also um uh, des i know you interpret your ideograms and so do i i get these ideograms i don't have to really have an opinion about what i'm viewing i simply look at what the ideogram is telling me i feel it or whatever it is that i get out of the ideogram it's telling the story i just write down the story that's it um oz you know i guess uh you know you use ideograms in your uh scheme don't you and yeah, I don't use ideograms. We use uh, with uh, we don't use ideograms the way you do. Um, on 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 HRVG, we don't use ideograms the same way you do. Um, okay. Most information is visual, right? So um, it's not the same in terms of the amount of information you get out of the of the of the ideogram that you do. Like you, you know, um, there's a guy that here got uh, um, Gino. He sent me an email yesterday with our sessions. I've never seen. Um, ideograms so complicated and it was exactly like the picture um, mm, wow. that was yeah pretty 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 amazing um, yeah I, mean, I don't know I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words here because it's I'll put it this way you want to be confident but you don't want to be cocky because the moment you get cocky you get sloppy and if you get sloppy oh. you make mistakes there you go so it's a very it's a very delicate balance between I know what I'm doing, but I'm not an expert. I mean, no one's an expert. You need it's an expert until what do we know, you know. But I'm good. Like what I do, it's like when, when you do okay. When I was doing hypnosis shows, okay, I had to project that I was in control, right? If I was in front of a stage with ten thousand people in front, I have to impose my presence to those ten thousand people. But it was a really, it's a very delicate matter because if I was too cocky, then there was 10,000 people that would hate me, right? So it's a, it had to be the perfect amount of, 
of you know i'm good at what i do you're here to 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 see me hypnotizing people but i'm one of you too yeah, yeah. so it's a it's a balance everything has everything is a matter of balance right uh even even what we're trying to do we're trying to balance out the conscious out of the way so that we can work with our subconscious because otherwise it will be interfering so you have to balance that that uh, that struggle how do you balance it just take it out of the way and deal with this how long will that last will depend on how much you practice those things or how much how motivated you are um and partly like and partly uh, there's I, I, this may sound a little strange but i i feel like there's a sense of love when uh when you remove view you just enjoy it so much you are appreciating it so much the way it it provides information to you there's there's a real affection to it i um i think that also increases your ability oh yeah totally i i totally agree with that yeah yeah because there's passion right uh if you if what you're doing uh yes if you, what you're doing fulfills you exactly if what you do it fulfills you then yes of course uh, it's you're having a good time doing it right um reminds me of, of, of Marty and, and APP, right? It's fundamental, right? It has to be fun. Uh, if you're doing it and you're not happy, it won't work, right? And I think that's a very, very powerful statement. It has to be fun. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. All right, thank you. No, thank you. Excellent, thanks for that, Don. Uh, we don't have any more hands up at the moment, but uh, D. Cook asked a question earlier. He said, He's not here right now, but he said he'd get this on catch-up. Are there more techniques from your advanced hypnotism skills and or mentalism skills that could also be of use in remote viewing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, what do you call it, cross-post, cross, um, no cross-post, cross-section, or I want to call it, uh, cross-reference between, between hypnosis, mentalism, and how it can help in remote viewing. Um, I don't have anything prepared right now because I didn't want the presentation to be too long. Um, we are going to to launch in April our company called the Ascension Center, and we're going to be having webinars, workshops, and stuff like that, precisely with that kind of techniques. Um, because I believe that, like you said, Dad, right? It's it's. Remote viewing is about, you know, getting information out there, but it's also about getting to know yourself, how you, because you, you you really get to know a lot about yourself, how you react to certain situations. When you sense danger, how do you react to that? You learn to not assume things. You learn to be more centered, you know, to be, to pay attention to a lot of detail, right? So, um, um, yeah, there's a lot of them. There's, there's, a, 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 there's many techniques. How... I'm more than happy to, to uh, you know, I, I'm not very active in social media, so you won't ever see me posting stuff, but uh, I'm more than happy to, to uh, once we launch, send you an email and, you know, what we're going to do. And, and I would be more than happy to come back. I have enjoyed this chat very, very much. Yeah, yeah, we'll get you back on to, uh, yeah, give us a talk on that as well. I'm sure people will like that. Thank you, uh, yeah. If we can move on to a little bit to your... Because I know there are a lot of people here that are interested in the HRVG training, and I know there's one or two people here who've started some HRVG training. Could you tell us a bit about that? How you trained in that, and you know what you're using that for, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, my story, my story with HRVG was that I 
I've been involved, involved, quote unquote, without being involved, but I knew about remote viewing um, 1996, 97, and got me like, wow, right? Uh, that with the book I read was Jim, Jim Snabel's Remote Viewers or stuff like that. Uh, and that blew my mind. Um, over over the years, I got books from Joe McMonagall. And, but the truth is that I didn't understand what they were talking about. I was in my mindset, that's a thing, right? My mind was in another place. I was doing shows, um, talking about, you know, my subconscious, that was not a thing. So fast forward and I can't even remember how I got involved, how I got back to remote viewing. And I started researching. And to be honest, what happened was that I wanted to remote view, right? Because I'm very I'm a very visual person. And CRV in my case for me, it was too complicated. I, there, there were too many things that, that that need to go on, and 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 I just couldn't do it. It was just not my thing. Um, my results were not encouraging because I was not feeling it. Right. So that's that's the thing. It was not. It was not on my. It was not aligned with my way of processing information. Um, that was it. So I can remember it was. I think. One dash chat or, or something like that. Um, I ended up sending an email to to Dick Algayer. He was uh, you gave me Dick Algayer's. Uh, uh, you contacted me with Dick Algayer actually. You sent me his email. Yeah, you are the yeah. one that gave yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I contacted Dick Algayer, and he said he was not training me, but he was uh, very, very, very kind and gave me uh, put me in contact with Sita, and Sita trained me. And it has been an amazing journey of not knowing anything about remote viewing to taking a deep dive. Because um, what I did was I retired from stage. Uh, I trained as a hypnotherapist, but we didn't practice as a hypnotherapist. It's not my, my thing, right? Um, and have lucky and, and grateful that I have my wife's support. And I told her, you know, if I'm going to jump into this, I'm going to jump 100%, like a deep dive, 100%. Mm -hmm. And she said, go ahead. And that's what I did. And that's why I trained with Sita and, and started researching and, you know, trying to apply what I know, what I have my experience and seeing how it fit within the remote viewing processes. Um, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't, when I make experiments or do experiments i don't have a laboratory and statistics and stuff it's more like functional um and that's how i've been approaching it and i've had good results and i have to say that this is uh, this is the most amazing thing in the world and i really wish that more people in the world knew about remote viewing as for hrvg uh it is an amazing technique it's an amazing methodology um the support you get from Sita and from Glenn is, is amazing. Um, it is a different approach to how CRV does. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I really, I have no idea about CRV. Like, I know what AOL is because everybody knows what an AOL is. <laughs> but that's it, right? Um, 
Other than that, it's an amazing methodology. Uh, it's very visual. 80% uh, of the information you're going to get is visual. The protocols were designed by the special forces, so that means they are um, very strict. They are very easy to 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 execute at the same time. And as and like any skill, right? The more you practice it, the more you commit to the protocols, the best, the better you're going to be. But I mean, I think I think honestly that um, I can say a lot about you know me teaching, uh, but I have some students out there. So if they want to jump in and say what they think about the course, that would be uh, better because uh, I, I, I'm too biased. <laughs> so yeah, you, I'm, I'm taking the course okay. and um, yeah. I, uh, I find it very uh, interesting and different from CRV. Um, with CRV, I found uh, the information was uh, essentially symbolic in nature, whereas HRVG has an emphasis, I think, on visuals. I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm kind of at the beginning stages of this, so the visuals are not that strong. Yet, even when I don't get visuals and the stuff that I'm sketching, they seem to have a correspondence, which is sort of like driving me a little batty um <laughs> it's uh uh i guess you know this this concept of vision you know maybe maybe i was thinking about it wrong or maybe it's going to open up more or whatever but right now uh, it's um all i can say is that it's uh it's fascinating Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, it is I would like also to share a little bit here because I'm also training sure. DOS. I had a background with DRV. That was my main tool in the RV world. And I started learning basic CRV. But I, I, I got to be honest, when I started HRV, I love the protocol. For me, it's really smooth. It's my style of reporting. But I was really scared at the beginning that I will not be able to get the visuals. And then one day I was in the middle of a session and I got my first visual and I was so excited, I interrupted the whole session. <laughs> and then I told us, oh, this happened. And I felt so relieved that that helped me go along through the process. I'm really loving it. I, I think that this really makes remote viewing going beyond what you learned at the beginning. There's a whole world out there and, and knowing things like HRVG Simply, you couldn't believe it before you do it. It's until you experience it that, that you get that feeling of fulfillment and that you are on track of something bigger than you that really can. And the only thing I, I, I the, the words I find for this is you feel like extended beyond yourself. That That's the, the best way I can describe it at the moment. Yeah, that, that's that's what I can share at the moment right now. I think a lot of people have seen Dick Algeyer on screen drawing little boxes of like cartoons or whatever. I had a, a situation the other day on a practice where, you know, you, you probe the, I guess it's the Nemo uh, icon is called, and uh, you get a, you know, you close your eyes and you, you scribble in that box and then you're, you're going to probe something else. And for the first time ever, 
you know, I looked at what I had drawn in, in that first box and the visual that I had seen, what I tried to sketch in that box returned. So it wasn't like I was probing a symbolic ideogram. I was now probing this sketch, which now turned back into what I had actually seen for the second time. And I thought that was like, I, I, I mentioned this to Oz, I was like, this has never happened to me before. This is different. Is, am I doing this thing right? And he said, yes. So, um, Oz, do you want to say anything about that? Sorry, I don't got distracted with that messages. Oh, not, not a problem. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What did you say? Okay, not a problem. I was just saying that uh, during one of those practices, you know, I, I put something in the sites column. Mm. And then when I probed sounds and you, mm -hmm. you know, you look at the sites, mm -hmm. all of a sudden what I had seen, what I had envisioned in my mind, instead of what I had on the paper returned. And I thought that was a, a step forward. It was like reconnecting, yeah. reconnecting my subconscious with, yeah. with, uh, uh, to, to get back to the information. It was different. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, um, HRVG has a lot of neuro-linguistic programming into it, right? So what, I, what that allows you to do is to get information and access information in different ways, because that's how we process that information, right? Um, neuro-linguistic programming was created in the 70s, and it was really just sorry, created so that they could model successful people. They wanted to know how successful people thought what they you know, while they process information, so they wanted to mimic it, and that's how they created uh, NLP. HRVE uses NLP uh, to to get information, and the reason the reason it really resonated with me is because it talks about the with the subconscious. You're dealing with the subconscious, so all the all the processes, all the protocols, every movement you make is created in such a way that it facilitates that communication um, with your subconscious. Mm -hmm. In terms of the visuals, it is pretty mind-blowing when you start getting um, visuals like that. Um, 1.5 seconds, it, and it, it's, it, is, it is impressive, right? It is impressive. I think it all depends on, on how visual you are. Um, there might be people that don't get visuals, but you still get information of the visuals. You know, and you know, I think I'm at that stage right now, although I'm starting to see, you know, every once in a while, there'll be this flash doesn't last very long. I wouldn't even say it lasts a second. It's more like, you know, that fast. And yet, you know, I guess part of it is becoming more aware of what's in that Decoding it, you say, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, I, I I believe every every methodology has its own um, things. I want to say, right? Um, a CRV has its own thing. TRV has its own thing. TDS has its own thing. Like TDS has the ginger man, right? Um, I believe that everyone, if 
if there's more, if, if, the, if the options are put in front of everyone, you know, there are all these options, CRV, TRV, TDS, blah, blah, blah. This, this is a menu. Um, if people were, the way I see it is like Harry Potter, right? If people sat down and said, let my subconscious decide which of the methodologies is the one that is work for me, I think that would be the way of approaching the methodology you're going to learn. Uh, in my case, CRV didn't resonate with me only because he's not heavily visual. HRVG resonated with me because it's heavily visual, right? Uh, I see, for, for example, uh, I see um, CRV sessions where out of the ideogram, they get all this information and, and I go, that's cool. It just doesn't resonate with me, right? So I think that it's important for people to know what's out there. This is not a matter of competing which one is better, because each and every one of them is different. Each and every one of them will have their own strengths, yeah. and each will have their own weaknesses. And it's, it's, I believe that right now we're in a position uh, in the world, not just as a remote viewing community, but I think we're in a position in the world where we have to make a choice. Either we go on the path we've been going, which is left, left brain, left brain side, left brain dominant, or we decide to give our right brains a chance, get, the, get this out to more people, tell them these are the options they have to learn, actually tell them what they can do with it, because that's another thing. A lot of people learn remote viewing, but they don't know what to do with it afterwards. So it becomes a skill that, you know, what do I use it for? Um, if we come all together, this sounds like, yes, all together, you know, if we come all together and really push and, and really make an effort, joint effort, to put remote viewing out there to the masses and let them know what, what is it about and can it help and how it can help you personally, let alone the information gathering part, just the way it can help you personally, how it changes you as a person when you learn to remote view. Then I believe I really have uh, we really have a good chance of, of, of making a good impact in the world. And that's my, that's my goal. Yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying there. Oz. Um, Thank you. Like, and I've said to other people as well, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore CRV person have been for years. Although my approach to CRV is a little bit mutated uh, to suit my personal way of doing right. things. Um, right. But I say to everyone out there, you know, there are there are loads of methods out there now. None of them are proven to be any better than anyone else's. And in fact, it's up to the individual because we're all we are all individuals. So there is no one answer for everyone out there. So you just have to look at all the different methodologies, how they've been taught, who's teaching them and find the one that works for you. And then just practice it to death until you're really good at it. That's the, the simple yep. equation of RV, really. Yeah, totally agree. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. I think that's that's a way to look at it. Um, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like in everything, right? You're going to see that there's different versions of martial arts, for example. Yeah. Um, and there's always, a, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to study ninjutsu. And that's when Jean-Claude Van Damme became, you know, and Steven Seagal yeah. and Chuck Norris. And 
I remember when I was a kid, there was there were there were arguments, huge arguments with, between me and my friends. Who would win with a fight, John Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal? And there's always a fight. Oh no, Steven Seagal does this. Oh no, but John Claude Van Damme. Oh no, but if Chuck Norris gets in the way, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. We're doing exactly the same thing. It's just that in this case, we're doing it with remote viewing. Absolutely. And I believe, and I believe that one of the reasons remote viewing has not gone mainstream is because so people subconscious picks up on that argument, picks up on that bittering, right? So if we all sit down and say that's what the IRVS, IRVA is about, right? This is what remote viewing is. Let's put it out there. Uh, I've seen IRVA right now; they have changed a lot. They have been really pushing uh, a lot of research and stuff on that, I think that's amazing. Um, my belief is that if we go on this route, uh, we really apply ourselves into, you know, being better at this skill, regardless of the methodology. Um, we have a good chance of people getting that real interest in remote viewing. And, and I believe this will make remote viewing has a chance of making the world a better place. At least a communication between individuals would be way better and has a potential of preventing even wars. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, on your training, uh, do you train individuals or is it, is it courses? How, how does, how does the structure of your training work right now? If you know, for the people uh, that might be interested in contact. Yeah. So, so, um, I'm going to put it here. Come. Uh, there's a website, you will find a brochure there and everything. But basically what we do is uh, I can do it on groups, um, no more than 10 people. Um, and there's a reason for that. I believe that what part of the process of learning a new skill is also the experience you have while you're learning. Um, if you have too much people in a class, then you are not able to answer questions or people don't even ask the questions because they might be even shy of asking them, right? Um, we can also do one-on-one -on -one training. Uh, right now we have one class that is going to start on April 23rd. Um, I don't have the data here, but um, if you go there, you can send an email if you're interested. We do have an interview first, um, part of the guidelines of HRVG um, is that we know all, all our students personally. Um, we don't train online, we don't sell books, we don't have, you know, videos out there. Um, we train people one on one, like even if it's a group, but you know, we meet, we know, we know who our students are. Yeah. And I think that's very important because that's a way of keeping the methodology and the integrity of the methodology uh, as solid as possible, knowing who's out there using it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, how we are handling. So you, if you're interested, um, you can go to uh, hrvmethodology.com or training at hrvmethodology.com. And uh, we set up an interview on Zoom. I will answer any questions you might have about the protocols and any questions you might have about, you know, the length of the, of the classes and everything. But most importantly, too, is for us to realize together if we are a fit or not. Uh, because the truth is, and this is true, not everyone is, right? Uh, the, the, the instructor and the student need to get along 
and have good chemistry. Yeah. Otherwise, the learning experience will be horrible and you won't learn anything. So that's that's the way uh, we're approaching it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I work in a similar way. It's great to have all this information. And uh, if you know, I know you don't use social media a lot, but we've conversed over Facebook a little bit. But feel free anytime you need to to put any post in the uh, in the Facebook oh, group you. that I run on this. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Dad. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you see, if you go if you go to to Discord, you will see Private Features Consulting uh, there. But I, I don't, I don't post. I, I really open those things because I try to get into social media, but I really don't. I really don't, don't understand it. No, uh, no. <laughs> but thank you, Daz. No, thank you. I, I really appreciate the, the invite. I really appreciate everyone um, that, that has stayed. Almost everyone has stayed all this time, listening to me ramble and babble. Um, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate it. This this has been a, a, an amazing experience. I'm. This has been, to be honest, my introduction to the RV community, because I've been I've been outside. I've been there for 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 some time, but I've been you know in the background and I'm not. I'm never discussing and never you know. Um, so this was my presentation to you. This is who I am. I'm a crazy guy. That likes to come up with uh, weird theories and ideas, try them out, and hopefully they work. So I'm always open to chat. Um, yes, HRVG is also used to see future events. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, um, what is it called? If you go here, tomorrownews.agency, you will you will go you will see a. Uh, some sessions I have, super, super simple sessions, just like Naeem does them and Dekalgar does them, the same thing. But I don't go too much in detail. Like I told you, this month, I didn't even, even try it. Like yeah. I knew what I was going to do, so I didn't even yeah, try yeah. to do it. We had a, um, uh, before everyone else came online, me yeah. and me and Oz had a little bit of a chat about, uh, I was saying how how awful it's been uh, as a month for a remote viewer trying to do RV sessions with all the... Uh, all the world noise out there at the moment especially when you're trying to do predictive sessions uh, you know to try to determine what the, the the news the top news for the next month's going to be that kind of thing that's incredibly hard to do right now mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's, it is um uh, it is interesting and you know guys so this is me this is us you'll see my name around and uh and you know we'll help you, you out on social media if you as i said if you need any help or anything just thank you very much that's i appreciate it and, thank uh, you help with that has anyone else got any last questions because we're coming up to the two hour mark or are you all okay i think i think yeah, yeah okay. i think we've run out of the questions there so thank you all for your okay. great presentation no thank you being candid with thank us, you so. das and we look forward thank to you everyone more of you in the future thank you Ah, I'm happy to. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, everyone, again for 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 you know staying all this time with my rambling and babblings. And uh, any time, I mean, I'm I'm happy always to to share my ideas and my craziness. The more people that listen to them, the happier I am. <laughs> Excellent. And thank you, everyone, for your great questions. Uh, have a great week ahead, and uh, yeah, take care out there in this crazy world at the moment. Thank you all. Thanks for all coming. Take, Take care, care, everyone. Take care. Bye -bye. Thank Bye. you, Das. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Oz. Bye -bye. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to The Signal Line, a remote viewing podcast. Don't forget to check out remoteviewed.com for remote viewing resources or our videos on YouTube under Remote Viewed.